Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Tribute Podcast. My name is Thomas Dunning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how you doing? Doing well. On today's podcast, we are discussing last week last weekend's English Premier League and Scottish Premier League results. We will also react to last week's European matches, preview Scotland's two upcoming matches, and Pierce will be given a rundown of our latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll discuss last weekend's English Premier League matches. So I'll just quickly run through all the results. So the results were uh, Wolves 2, Tottenham 1, Crystal Palace 2, Everton 3, Man United 1, Luton Town 0, Arsenal 3, Burnley 1, AFC Bournemouth 2, Newcastle 0, Aston Villa 3, Fulham 1, Brighton 1, Sheffield United 1, Liverpool 3, Brentford 0, West Ham United 3, Nottingham Forest 2, Chelsea 4, Man City 4. So Pierce, what do you think? Which match from these set of results stands out to you? Like for me, it's two. Um, because I watched um the Wolves Tottenham match with the t- uh, which was billed as like the South Korean kind of derby because of Huang Yi Chan and uh, Son Heung Min, and I thought um Tottenham with their injury struggles, um you can see they're a bit fragile at the back, and as the game wore on, the quality um drifted away from them because they started the game brilliantly. Uh, Brennan Johnson got his first goal of the season. Lovely team move, but as the game got on, um, Wolves grew into the game and um, created numerous opportunities. And Tottenham were just trying to hang on and a uh, moment of quality from a uh, substitute Pablo Sarabia in an eighty-first minute. You're like, oh, it's two drop points and virtually last kick of the game. Uh, Lamina next one, and you're like, wow, you just like this is a manager that's just won three manager months in a row, and now he's got two defeats in a row in the matter of a week. Um. So just how, how the uh, the party can just kind of pop. I mean the balloon. Like, just like they they were riding this roller coaster, and then they've got all these injuries, and and that's yeah. you know back to back defeat. So it's kind of a reality check of how hard, um, the Premier League is. Um, and obviously, we all know how good a starting eleven Tottenham have, but it's just a bit of squad. You, you know the depth just isn't there, and uh, that was to be seen at the weekend. And it, and obviously the. The biggest match of the weekend probably is probably the, the 4-4 between Man City and Chelsea, which was just an absolute madness. And uh, obviously, Cole Palmer had to get the equaliser, having just left Man City in the summer, uh, having had limited opportunities. But you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can't begrudge the uh, boy for, for leaving because obviously he's wanting to continue his development. And obviously, when you look at Man City's starting loving in the bench, he's not getting into the team, let's be honest. Because they've just got a rags, rags of riches. Like there's so many attacking options, especially if you get somebody like Jack Grealish sitting on the bench. He's a hundred million pound man. He's like England's kind of poster boy. Like if you know if he's not getting the game and he's something to fill Foden sitting on the bench or Bernardo Silva. Like if Pep doesn't matter who you are, or what you've achieved, he rotates how he feels fit. And you can't argue because Pep Guardiola is one of the best managers of all time. And he's proven that. Um, but no, in terms of the game, I thought it was absolutely crazy. Um, both sides just could not defend, but it was just a perfect example of um high score and attacking football. And um, I think you're starting to see Pochettino's uh, turn the fortunes around at Chelsea because there was a long time they just couldn't score. 
Well, you get four in one game, and obviously they beat Tottenham at, uh, uh, last week as well. So um, the form's looking up for them, and I think um, it's only going to get better for Chelsea. And obviously, it's a good thing as well that Man City aren't running away with the league. That there, there is there is a weakness at the back there that wasn't. They're not as strong as last season, and obviously with the addition of Gavardio, you thought they were a lot more solid. No one would get past them, but um, no, um, there's there's weaknesses there. Um, but it's great because it's going to be an exciting um, title race this season, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just looking through all these results here. I mean, there's quite a lot of good matches last weekend, but you've just mentioned it, Pierce. I mean, that Chelsea Man City game was oh. that's my standout the weekend. It was mental, it really was. I mean, uh, both teams trying to win the match. As I think that's what you want to see. It's what you want to see. Um, you know. Just such good attacking football, um, uh, you know that was on that was on display, um, you know, uh, I got to, I mean Cole Palmer, got to him, got to give him a shout out because, um, you know he takes a penalty in the last minute, Chelsea are four three down, against his former club, his boyhood club, and I mean the penalty that he that he dispatched was amazing. It was a brilliant penalty under all that pressure, um, but no the Chelsea match was was amazing, but. You you're right in saying that Pochettino is starting to I think we're starting to see it click now. Um with Chelsea. You know, they they, they really do seem to have turned a corner. Um I mean that's two games in a week that Chelsea have played and I mean we were talking uh, last week on the podcast about the Chelsea Tottenham game and how mental a game that was and now we're talking about Chelsea again this week and how so I mean that just goes to show that you know that they're really you know, they're really coming on and uh, they're, going, they're scoring lots of goals at the moment and I can't remember what Tottenham game it was but I remember in Pochettino's time in charge of Tottenham there was a game that we played right at the start of his tenure as Tottenham head coach and that game kind of clicked for Tottenham and then obviously Tottenham and Pochettino had a great in a few years so I might be wrong but the last game uh, the Chelsea-Tottenham game um, just last week there, I think that might be the game that we look back on and Pochettino's time in charge when we go. That was a game that kind of started Chelsea's kind of um, kind of good run under Pochettino. But no, that was a standout game at the weekend. Absolutely, I just want to give a quick um, kind of shout out to Everton as well. They won three two, Crystal Palace. You know, Everton do. I mean, they're, they're doing really well at the moment uh, under Sean Dyche. You know, I think he's done a brilliant job with Everton. Um, you know, they're kind of really kind of starting to hit gear now. And, you know, I think with Tottenham, uh, sorry, I think with Everton and Sean Dyche, you know, I think Everton are going to be, you know, really safe. I think they'll probably finish comfortably mid-table this season. It's timely, the fact is that Calvert-Lewin's now back in the side. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they've got Beto as well. A proper number nine makes to the team, and Calvert-Lewin is a proper number nine. Yeah, and they've got Beto as well, the other the striker they signed from Indonesia in the summer. Yeah, so him and Calvert Loon. You know, uh, that's a really good kind of two good strikers there. Um, but, you know, no, I think Everton are doing really well. I mean, that's a good result for them as well, going away from home. I don't think they've got a great away record as well. So uh, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great result for them. Everton have actually got a better away record this season than they have at home, which is... Well, there you go then. Kind of just says, oh, doesn't it? I mean, and I, 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 that's quite a good thing as well, because if you can go away from home and have that kind of 
good mentality. Um, and that's quite weird to think, think that because obviously Goodison Park's a really hostile place, you know, so it's it's quite mental to think that, you know, everyone aren't getting results at home, but they are getting results away from home. So uh, that, that that is a bit strange. But I just want to quickly give a shout out to Aston Villa. I think that's 13 home wins in a row now. I mean, that's that, that that's ridiculous. They're right up, they're right up at the top of the um the league standings at the moment, the fifth, but I, I don't think they're that far off first. Um but no, I mean they're doing I mean Unai Emery, what a job he's done since he's come in. Um, you know, absolutely top amazing. Top class manager. Yeah, exactly. Top class manager he really is. He's he's definitely one of the top five managers at least in that league, if not top three. Mm. Um, you know, really, really good. And obviously uh, I just want to, I mean, the improvement I've seen from John McGinn as well under Unai Emery's been, uh, it's been really, really amazing. So, lots of good matches this weekend, but these three matches I wanted to shout out. Um, and also the Chelsea-Man City match was my standout game from the weekend. Uh, so, we also had English teams playing in Europe this, uh, last week. So, I'll just quickly run through the results for them. So, it finished Borussia Dortmund 2, Newcastle United 0, Man City 3, Young Boys 0, Copenhagen 4, Man United 3, Arsenal 2, Sevilla 0, Ajax 0, Brighton 2, Toulouse 3, Liverpool 2, West Ham United 1, Olympiacos 0, and Aston Villa 2, EZ Alkmaar 1. So what do you think, Pierce? Is there a match there from last week that I think it's Scott it's got, it's got to be the only one into it. I think it's the Copenhagen Manchester United. Yeah. I think it's like the biggest shock there. Um obviously some great results there for the English sides in Europe. Um I United had a bit of trouble as well now, I think, after that defeat. Oh, definitely. I, I don't think that they'll I think they've got I don't know how many points they've got, but there's got it's gonna be nigh on impossible to get out of the group. Um I don't think it's mathematically yet, but um there's a start, what was it? I think there's like six goals. Five or six goals. Um, Rasmus Hoyland has scored in Europe, and every time he scored in that game or whatever game he's played in, that he scored, Manchester United have gone to lose the game, which is an incredible start. And this is a man that's signed for a big fee, but he's I think he's got five or six goals in the Champions League, and he's got zero in the Premier League, which is you you'd imagine it'd be the opposite way around because Champions League is like the pinnacle of European football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that Manchester United. 2-0 up, cruising, then the Rashford incident, which gets he gets a red card after a VR review, and then obviously um Colt making come back into it, and then just poor defending again, set piece back post, set pieces, um, and then Copenhagen just kind of peppered them, and then you think, oh, it's 2-2, Manchester United then get a penalty, 3-2 up, last 15 minutes, see the game out. And they couldn't do that. Um, I thought fantastic is up for Copenhagen, but Manchester United just put piles of pressure on Ten Hag. Um, I know he's managed to get some results recently in, in the league, but they're not really impressive in terms of any style of play. And you don't really see nice free-flowing football. It's kind of like sporting to watch at times. Um, and they just don't excite the fans. And I think, although he's had a great record on paper in terms of how many wins he's got in the Premier League and stuff like that um, but I don't think he's improved any players and I, I think a lot of the players aren't performing, you look at for instance like Marcus Rashford, like he's, he's not kind of hit the heights he did last season 
Um, and you lack a real creativity in the team. Um, and obviously he's not getting the best out of his summer signings either. Um, although they do have an injury crisis at the back, but you, you can't feel sorry for him because like every other team has, has injuries. Look at Tottenham across the road. You've seen Chelsea have injuries and Man City have got injuries as well. So, no. Um, it's all issues there, isn't it? It's just excuses. But um, I just, if you, if you look at any any game Manchester United playing, you're not sure if they're going to pick up any points. And I think even looking at the weekend, struggled. <clears throat> Um, but in the Champions League, I think uh, nigh on impossible. I think they will get put out, and they'll be lucky if they even scrape uh, Europa League. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they're in big trouble in that group now. I think. Um, you know that's uh, that was quite a bang. They they had to get something from that game. They they couldn't afford to lose that game. The fact that they have, um, that kind of puts them in a lot of trouble, and they've still got to go to um, Galatasaray away from home, which we all know is. Very hostile uh, place to go. I don't think I, I I think there's a start I read recently. I don't think Man United have ever won there at Galatasaray. So and obviously they get Bayern Munich at home. And we all know about Bayern Munich and you know they're one of the best teams and if not the best team in the world at the moment. And they've got Harry Kane they're scoring every game at the moment for them. So I mean they're going to be in for it. That's gonna be a really, really tough kind of two last two games for them. I mean it, it's hard to make a case for them that they're going to you know, even get Europa League football in their mind, you know, even get out from that group, get to the last 16. So, no, they're in big trouble in that group. Um, that's my standout game for the week from the uh, European matches, from the English European matches last week. But also, I want to shout out Brighton, who went to Ajax and won 2-0 at uh, the Amsterdam Arena. Um, you know, we're sitting there, I don't think anyone thinks that's a surprise because we all know Ajax have got troubles at the moment and we all know how good Brighton. But I just think it's... I think if we were sitting here 10 years ago and we, we said 10 years' time that Brighton would be playing Ajax away from home and they would beat them 2-0, I don't think anyone, even Brighton fans, don't think they would even think that that, that, that could happen. So it's it's just it's crazy. I mean, it really is. Um, I mean, that's what... I think that's probably Brighton's... Biggest ever result in Europe. You know, it's it's such a crazy, crazy result. It really is. Um, and it's not even surprising. So, absolutely. I mean, brilliant result that you got. You want to Wait, say something? That, um, see the, remember the, the, uh, the playoff game against Watford where they suffered the Dini moment? Was that about 10 years ago, maybe more? Where you had, like, no, that was Leicester. That was Leicester and Watford. Leicester, sorry. But I yeah, know, no, I was listening to side that were struggling in the championship to even yeah. make it to Premier League and look at them now, the lads are flying in Europe. Yeah. And I, I mean, they, they nearly went out of uh, business I can't, I, I, uh, quite quite a, quite a while ago. Um, you know, they were in League Two and they've built their way up now in Europe. And, you know, I mean, it's it really is, it's it's such a good result for them, but it's not even surprising. Um, so these two results for me, they're my standout matches from uh, English teams playing in Europe last week. Uh, so we'll move on now to um, last weekend's Scottish Premier League results. So uh, I'll just quickly go through them. So it was Dundee 4, St Mirren 0, Hibs 1, Kilmarnock 0, Murrowell, two, uh, Murrowell 1, Hearts 2, St Johnston 1, Ross County 0, Livingston 0, Rangers 2, and Celtic 6, Aberdeen 0. So just quickly before we go on to the results, we today 
by the time recording it, we got a bit of breaking news that um, the Ross County manager, Malky Mackay, uh, got sacked after the defeat from St Johnston, which was 1 0 St Johnston at the weekend. So, just quickly, Pierce, what's your reaction to that news? Eh, a bit surprised, to be honest. Um, I thought Ross County, have, um, under Malky Mackay, have um, punched above their weight pretty pretty well. Um, he's had them playing some nice football at times. Played them resolute at the back. Um but last season you've seen them they struggled, um, especially towards the end of the season. But they picked up a bit of form, managed to see off part of the Thistle in the playoff uh final. Um and I think this season you've seen them struggle a bit. Um but I thought they'd have maybe stuck with him a bit, um, give him a, a bit more time. But it'll be interesting to see who takes over. And um, I think there's quite a high-profile uh, names out there that probably will take over because it is a great club. Um, got a decent fan base and they're, they're a solid premiership outfit. And um, I think with St Johnston um, recently sacking Steve McLean and you've seen upturns and fortunes in them in terms of the interim manager. Um, picking up two wins in the last two games, I think. Um, so I think we would have seen that and they've kind of acted acted swiftly to see and try to get, um, get them pushed up the table because they're sitting second bottom, not directly bottom, but um, it's not been a great start for them. Um, but I think probably the, the standard name for me in terms of taking over, probably somebody like Neil Lennon. Um, I think he's got that premiership experience, he's out of work and he, I think he would love a job back in Scotland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I... I was a little bit surprised, to be honest. I mean, they were on a nine-game winless run. Um, you know, so they it has been tough for them at the, you know, at the moment. But um, you know, I, I mean, I'm surprised it's coming come at this time, kind of time. I thought maybe give maybe given a little bit more time, uh, maybe even till Christmas, just to see if he could turn it around. Um, but you know, Ross County have just kind of decided that you know, now's the time to make the change. Maybe they have looked at St Johnson. Um, and they've seen they've kind of turned it around a little bit, so maybe they thought that you know maybe that kind of um, manager change might kind of change their fortunes. But um, you know, I, I mean, I think he's done a really good job, Malky Mackay at Ross County. I think he did a really good job. You know, I think in the first season in charge, he, they got a top six finish. Um, you know, and they had players like Joseph Humble and uh, Regan Charles Cook, who were really good for them, and they got a bit of money. I think for one, uh, I think it was Charles Cook they got quite a bit of money for. So um, I think he did a really good job for them. Um, you know, um, you know, I think he, you know, he'll he'll probably get back in to another job pretty soon. Uh, you know, and don't know how Ross Kent will react from this. You were saying about Neil Lennon, um, being interested in that job, he probably will be. But um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they who they do appoint because, um. You know, they kind of do need to start at least winning matches because, you know, they they just about got away with relegation last season. So uh, I don't think they'll want to be involved in it again this season. So, uh, yeah, so marking my guy getting sacked, a little bit surprised, but um, I guess we'll see if that was a right decision or not in a few weeks' time. Um, so uh, here's what, so um, just the rest of the matches then. So is there a match or matches there that stands out to you? Yeah, um, I think it's the there's two matches then for me. I think it's the two high scoring matches, to be honest. So yeah. it's Dundee force that we're in now. 
which I thought was unheard of in terms of St Mirren losing four goals away from home because they're so solid at the back and they offer such a goal threat. But um, no, I thought they were all, at times they were all over the place, and I think Dundee at Dens Park, I think they could be a, a, a trouble for any side. Um, and I think it was back in the cup front got a double. Um, him and um, what's his name, the striker? Oh, what's the other striker's name? Uh, for uh, St Mirren. Oh, Dundee. Uh, they've got Bakayoko. Bakayoko, who's the other one? Did you just play for Rangers? Uh, uh, is it Rodden? Rodden, that's the Isaac. Was it Isaac Rodden? So it was, the, it was a combination of the two up front. They just caused that similar in defence nightmares all afternoon. And um, I think uh, a standout player for me I've seen this season has been Luke McCowan for Dundee. He's just a really creative uh, spark in midfield. And he's got an eye for goal as well. So I think he'll be want to watch out for in terms of like, maybe like a bigger side in the, the SPL next season, maybe eyeing him. Um, but no, I think that was like a short result for me because you look at that in the fixture list, you'd probably su- suggest that Mirren comfortable 2-0 win, something like that. But no, a 4-0 win, I think that's a great result and um, it will send short ways for the SPL. And in terms of the other game, it would be the Celtic 6 Aberdeen nil. It was 6 growing 68 times uh, at the weekend, I think. Um Celtic were just brilliant from start to finish. Um, thought Aberdeen offered little to no goal for it. Um, they just kind of looking to sit in and hitting the counter set pieces. Um, but they never even ventured forward that much because Celtic just that much possession, that much control in the game. And I felt as if like, Aberdeen at times were a bit overly physical, and two two Celtic players had to go off for head knocks, which you'd never want to see in any football match. Um, Kyogo Furuhashi and uh, Yang Hyunjun. Um, but no, I think Celtic um standard play for me has got to be uh, Lewis Palmer. I think every week as we, as his Celtic career progresses, he's just getting better and better. And I think Celtic are it makes it easier to forget uh, Jota because they had a song for Jota on the wing. Um, and he was he used to light up defenses in Europe and in the uh, domestic league. And uh, I think Lewis Palmer's now becoming a Celtic fan favourite. Um and you see his performance in Europe and in the league. He's got an eye for goal and he's got an eye for assist. Not may not be the quickest player, but he's a goal threat and um he's an exciting player to watch. And um I think that was this two standard fixtures for me this weekend. Yeah, no, um I'd agree with that. Um you know the St. Mirren uh, Dundee St. Mirren match which finished uh, four 0 to Dundee, you know I'm not necessarily surprised at the fact that Dundee won, but I'm surprised at St Mirren, the fact that they got beat 4-0. You know, you don't see that often nowadays with St Mirren. Um, you know, they usually are really tight uh, in defence. You know, they don't really concede a lot of goals, so the fact that they got beat 4-0 um, was really surprising. Um, you know, I think they've that's three games now they've went without uh, a win, so they've kind of, kind of went on a downturn a little bit, so they'll want to kind of change that pretty quick and get back to that really good start to the season that they've had. Um, but Dundee, I've got to shout out as well because I think they've had a brilliant uh, start to the season. Um, they obviously returned to the top flight this season, but uh, Tony Doherty has come in and I think he's done a really good job. Um, you know, they're quite high up in the table. Um, you know, they've got, as, you, as I was just saying there, Bakayoko and Zach Rudden uh, and strikers. Uh, Bakayoko, I think, scored two goals at the weekend as well. I think he's he looks to be a big player for them. Um, so, 
really good from Dundee, you know, they've had a really good start, then, uh, you know, right up there at the top end of the table, which is, you know, quite surprising for me, I didn't expect them to be like that, but, you know, they've had a really good start to the season. Uh, I just want to say the Murraywell game as well, Murraywell 1, Hearts 2, you know, Murraywell, that's, um, I think that's nine maybe matches now that they've gone without a win, uh, you know, they're losing quite a lot of matches at the moment, uh, you know, and that start to the season that they had is where I'm truly disappeared. You know, they're right down at the bottom end of the table now. So, you know, it's it's beginning to not look great for Murrayville at the moment. You know, they're, they really need to pick up fast because, you know, for me, um, I thought they would be kind of high up the table this season. I, I thought they'd struggle without Kevin Van Veen, but, um, you know, I didn't expect them to kind of be like this. So they'll need to, quick up. They'll need to pick up pretty quickly. Um, and then obviously lastly the Celtic Aberdeen, which finished six 0 to Celtic, you know. That's obviously a we'll talk about the European matches uh, just very shortly, but obviously that's uh, you know, a really good result for Celtic after a European match. Uh, you know, I think Aberdeen had a little bit of a European hangover. You know, I think this match was just too soon for them. Because last weekend they played the cup semi final, then they played in Europe this week, and then they had to go to Celtic Park. So uh, you know, I think this match for Aberdeen just came a bit too quickly for them, and they just didn't look really ready, and they didn't. I think they lacked a bit of energy as well. Um, but a really good result for Celtic. You know, that's their biggest result, uh, biggest win of the, the season. Um, and as you said about Luis Palma, I think he was, uh, really really good at the weekend. Um, so no, uh, those three matches for me were the kind of big kind of standing, uh, points for me. Um, from the weekend. So we had Scottish teams playing in Europe uh, last week as well, so there was three of them. So in the Champions League, it finished after Atletico Madrid 6, Celtic 0. In the Europa League, it finished Rangers 2, Sparta Prague 1. And in the Conference League, it finished Pajok, Salonika 2, Aberdeen 2. So as there's only three matches, we're going to go through them uh, individually. So we'll start off with the Atletico Madrid 6, Celtic 0 match. So, what's your thoughts? Um, pretty surprising. Um, the, the scoreline, you would never expect that before before a kickoff. But if, if you look on paper, Atletico Madrid has got the best defence in La Liga this season and they're the highest scoring team in La Liga this season. Um, so, we know the attacking talent was there. The threat was there at um, Celtic Park a few weeks ago where Celtic, I thought, for a lot of spells, dominated the game, and it should have been well until out of sight. But Athletic Madrid had very little chances, but the chances they did have, they took them. And that's the difference. Um, and obviously, going down to 10 men in Europe, for for me, a nothing challenge. I don't think it was a red. Um, and now made us uh, now out for six weeks because of that challenge. And I feel as if it's a bit hypocritical because Athletic Madrid are known for being a harsh physical team and the only a matter of only a couple of seasons ago they were the dirtiest team in Europe and in La Liga so it just says it all um and obviously they're the ones that got sent off a couple of weeks ago as well so um swings and roundabouts but I thought I thought we did thoroughly deserve their win um in Celtic I think that's their European adventure over in terms of Champions League um, in terms of just try to save grace now, in terms of try getting Europa League. Um, but no, I thought um Antoine Griezmann was a standout. 
And he's, you can see why he's a world-class player. He went for over 100 million to Barcelona for a reason. Um, and um, I thought that was just, a, it's a night to forget for Celtic. And I think they did that by dispatching of Aberdeen pretty comfortably. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, pretty, pretty damning night for Celtic. Um, I, I agree. The red card changed the game. Um, you know, I don't think it was a red card for Dyson Maida. Um, I think it was very harsh. Um, and it kind of ruined the game, to be honest. You know, I, feel, I actually felt Celtic were playing well with 11 men on the pitch. Uh, you know, they were kind of controlling the ball. They were kind of controlling the match. Although they were losing at that time, they were kind of controlling the possession um, but uh, that red card totally changed the game and it just turned out to be a really bad night for Celtic I just think they really struggled um, defensively as well what Griezmann you said was a standout Again, he was by far the best player in the park for me um, but uh, I, I felt like every shot that Atletico did hit it just went in you know, they, they, scored, they scored a couple of really good goals and, 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 and you know against Celtic as well um, but you know, a really bad night for Celtic. You know, uh, they want to forget that pretty quickly, uh, and they did because they, as we just said, we were, as we just talked about, they played Aberdeen Sunday and they won six 0 So, um, yeah, really bad one for Celtic. And as you said, I think that's a European season kind of over. Really, I don't see them kind of getting even Europa League football as well after Christmas. So, yeah, tough night. Um, so we had Rangers two, Sparta Prague one. So what do you think about that? Uh, I thought thought Rangers um, struggled in the, the game away from home against Sparta Prague, and luckily to even get a point. Um, but as you've seen, the weeks have been going on. Um, you can see an impotent style with uh, Fleet Clermont and the Rangers side. I think they're a really good attacking threat and you can see he's getting the best out of uh, Michael Beale's summer signings um, and you can see a real style of play which is which is now evident in terms of the attacking wingers um, and the creativeness and the fast kind of counter-attacking plays uh, reaping rewards and um, yeah fantastic result um, three points at home so that's now Rangers on seven points I believe from four games so I think they've got a really good chance to progress into the, into the the last 32, so yeah, and I think it's a fantastic result at, at Ibrox, and you know Ibrox are a fortress anyway in terms of Europe and uh, Rangers, will, I'm pretty sure will continue to um, impress in Europe. Yeah, um, I thought it was a really good result for Rangers, they, they played well um, you know, for a good 60 minutes, they were in total control of the match and Sparta Prague scored big and then it became a bit of an early ending but uh, overall I thought they, they, they did deserve to win the match you know, that puts them in a really good position now to kind of progress in the last 32 of the Europa League. Um, and yeah, they'll just kind of want to, you know, build on that result in Europe and kind of, uh, I, I, they've got a really good chance of finishing top of that group as well. So they'll be really, I think they'll be keen to kind of do that. Um, you know, they've still got to go to Real Betis away from home. Um, so that'll be a kind of a tough match for them. But, um, you know, no, really, really good result for Rangers. Um, you know, they'll be they'll be delighted for, with that, especially the fact that they're at home as well. Uh, and then lastly in the Conference League, we had High Oaks, Salonica 2, Aberdeen 2. So what do you think, Pierce? I think it's a, <laughs> a great result in terms of Aberdeen, just a, a result-based match in terms of I don't think they're going to progress 
beyond Christmas in Europe. I think that's basically the season done. No, but... that's some confirmed there. Yeah, yeah from yes. Um, but no, I thought, I thought they played a fantastic performance. You've seen the last performance at the weekend against Celtic. Um, because they, they put so much energy, they were just sapped out of them. Um, and I thought obviously in the heat in Greece as well. Um, I thought they played uh, tremendous at times. Um, and also got a fantastic last minute goal by Jamie McGrath. Um, but no, I think Aberdeen are a great side. Um, and obviously I think. Any positive result in terms of a draw or a win in Europe is is great for Scottish coefficient as well. So I think that's a bonus you've got to see. And obviously, this is Aberdeen's first group stage and I don't know how long European group stage. So they can build that as a learning experience and hopefully they can um be back again in Europe next season. Uh, because um as you can see, they're a good side. Yeah. Um uh, you know, I thought it was a really, really good performance in Aberdeen. You know, it's a tough place to go to. Uh, I didn't expect them. I actually expected them to get beat, but you know they fully deserved to get something from the game defensively. They were, they were brilliant. Uh, you know they scored uh, a really good free kick as well from Jamie McGrath. Um, you know, and they just went, they just went behind in that. Uh, they they just went behind two one that game. And they instantly replied with a, a free kick uh, goal. So um, no, I fully deserved point for Aberdeen. I felt uh, I think it was a little bit of kind of. Um, not maybe not revenge, but like they kind of got, they kind of deserve to get something from Pauxlonica over because they kind of got hard done by um in the in the game at home. So to go there and get at least a point, I think they deserved it. Uh, you know, defensively, they thought they were brilliant. Um, although they are out now, that's unconfirmed. Uh, out of the, uh, of the conference league, but I think they've they've actually done not too bad considering that they've not been in a European group stage for. Quite a long, long while. So, uh, they'll be, as you said, they'll be looking to um, get back there uh, next season. But they've still got a lot of work to do in the league because they've not really started well. Um, and obviously, they just got beat 6-0. So, uh, they'll be really wanting to concentrate on that now. Um, so, uh, we're now going to... So, we're now in the international break. Um, and we've got Scotland playing uh, two matches. Uh, Scotland have already qualified as well, so there's not really that much significance. So we've got uh, on Thursday, uh, the 16th of November, uh, Scotland are travelling to Georgia um, and they'll play uh, the last away match of this uh, Euro group stage campaign. So what do you think about that match, Pierce? Which one? The Georgia or the Norway? Yeah, Georgia versus Scotland. Georgia versus Scotland. Um. I think that's basically glorified friendly, to be honest. Um, like you touched on, Scotland have qualified for another major tournament, which is an achievement itself, I think. Um, you'll see a, a very much rotated Scotland side, um, giving a lot of minutes to the fringe players. Obviously not take the game lightly, but it's time to give uh, players some caps and show them what they can do in terms of when it, when they're called upon. Um, and I think... You start, I think Scotland will still have enough to get the win. I don't think it'll be like 11 players changed. I think there'll be like maybe four or five changed just to keep a continuity in the team. And uh, and obviously every player that does come in when, when they're called upon usually does do a job. So I think we can see a much changed Scotland side and I still think Scotland will have enough to do it even away from home in Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, there's not much significance on the match. Obviously now Scotland have qualified, but... Um... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> Scotland will want to win the match. You know, they want to, 
you know, they've still got a chance to finish top of the top of the group. You know, it's going to be difficult. But um, you know, Scotland they want to keep that momentum kind of going. They got beat against Spain in the last Euro group stage match. Um, so they'll they'll kind of want to right some wrongs there. Um but uh yeah, it's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be really tough. And they they don't have Robertson, Tierney, uh Aaron Hickey and Angus Gunn with them in this in this camp. So they're gonna find it that that's four really big players for Scotland. So it's gonna be um pretty difficult to kinda of see how they can get a result without them. But I think they can still do it. Uh, you know, I think that they are more capable. Um but you know, there's not much significance on it, but you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and then we've got Scotland versus Norway on Sunday. Uh, that's going to be played at Hampden Park. So, what do you think, Piers? I think that's I think that's a more important game. Um, because obviously, the scenes that happened uh months ago in terms of that that late win against Norway, which yeah. is which was which was so sweet because Scotland hadn't got a, an away result in against a top side in 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 years. Um and obviously the fact is that they had Ellen Haaland, Martin Odegaard, um, two world class players, and um Scotland caught with the two two late goals to to snatch the victory, which was brilliant because that followed up a victory against Spain at home. Um, but I think Norway will be looking for some revenge in terms of retribution for that match. In terms of they wanting to just go out with a bang, they're not qualified, but they want to show that they can compete at this level um, but I do think Scotland will play a more sh- stronger side in that game and uh, I think it'll be an, a solid encounter and I think um, you can see Hamden Park absolutely rolling and I think it will be a fantastic game and I think Scotland will win that game Yeah um, you know last game of the Europe campaign so I think Hamden Park's going to be a bit lively uh, you know as you said I think that's going to be the game that the Scotland fans will be most looking forward to uh, you know Ellen Haaland and Martin Odegaard you know, um, you know they'll be coming to Hampden Park, and I think Norway will, be, Norway will want revenge, um, after the way they got defeated by Scotland in the last match. So now I'm really, really looking forward to that match. Um, once again, I think Scotland are more capable, but it's going to be a bit difficult, especially with Ireland Ireland up front. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> really looking forward to that match as well. Um, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so um, we've only got two weeks left of the domestic leagues in uh, both Korea and Japan. And um, um, so we start off with some Akili going action. So on Saturday, 11th of November, we had Dejan Hana Citizen, nil, Gangwon FC 1, um, Daegu FC 1, Gwangju FC 1, uh, Jejeton nil, FC Seoul nil. Um, and on Sunday, the 12th of November, we had um, Intuited 1, Jumbo Hyundai Motors 1, um, Suwon FC 2, Suwon Samson Blowing 3, which is so significant in terms of the fight off relegation. Uh, and then Ulsan Hyundai 3, Pohang Steelers 2. So that was a clash of the big two as well. So they were the two standout fixtures uh, in terms of the K League 1 season uh, this weekend. Um, so the top three is looking like this. So Ulsan Hyundai already the champions on 73 points after 36 matches. Um, Pohang Steelers second in 60. And then third position, we've got Guangzhou FC. On fifty-eight points, so that's the so that's in terms of the qualification of the Asian Champions League as well. So there are three teams that are up there at the moment before two games to play, uh, and you expect the three the teams to uh, kind of see that out. So in terms of the relegation battle, 
So as we see, we we seen there with the Sue and FC getting defeated by their Sue one counterparts, that that's significant in terms of um Sue and Sue and Samson Blueings have now got a fighting chance to make the playoffs in terms of getting automatic relegation because there's three teams down there that are just so tight. So in twelve pressure, Sue and Samson Blueings on twenty nine points, eleven pressure gang one FC on thirty, and then Sue and FC in tenth position on thirty two points. So in terms of the Japanese league, so in the G League one, um, on Saturday, eleventh of November, with Alberts Nagata nil, FC Tokyo nil, um, Hoikido Konsido Sapporo nil, San Fred Hiroshima nil, um, Shonan Bermer two, Nagoya Grampus one, uh, Gambo Saka one, Avispa Fukuoka two, Sagan Tusu one, Yokama FC three, and then Sunday the twelfth of November with Kawasaki Frontale three, Kyoto Sanga three. Um, Yokama F Mariners 2 Series Osaka 0 and Uberare Diamonds 1 Vassell Kobe 2 so that was a standard fixture for this weekend um, because the fact is that um, Vassell Kobe managed to get a win on the 95th minute um, it's because in the 91st minute Uberare Diamonds equalised through Jose Cante and then they sent their goalkeeper by a corner and Vassell Kobe broke and just hit the ball in an empty net, which is it, it maintains a two point lead at the top of the table. So, over Yokama F. Maros, who won comfortably um, against Serez Osaka. So, at the top of the table, we have Vassell Kobe on 65 points, and then closely followed behind him is Yokama F. Maros on 63 points. So, title still for grabs, um, two games remaining. But um, Yokama F. Maros just need to keep winning the matches and hope Vassell Kobe slip up. Because um the pressure's on them because Vassell Kobe, this would be monumental. This this would be the first ever G League title um against the reigning champions, Yokama F Marinos. So in third position we have Uraya Diamonds in fifty-four points, and in fourth position we have San Fetcher Oshma in fifty-two points, and in fifth position we've got Nagoya Grampus on fifty-one points. So as you see, three teams Separated by mere three points, fighting for that third and final position in terms of the Asian Champions League uh, qualification. It's even tight at the bottom as well. Um, so in the relegation battle, we have um, at the foot of the table, we have Yokama FC on 18 position on 29 points after 32 matches played. And then Shonan Belmere and Kaushi Uresha on 16th and 17th position, both on 31 points. And then just above them, we have Gambo Saka and Kyoto Sanga in 14th and 15th position on 34 points. So as you see, it's all to play for both at the top and at the bottom half of the table. And it's set for a thrilling and exciting end of the season in the Japanese and Korean first divisions. So in terms of Asian football news, um, Jürgen Klinsmann has criticised key league teams for not giving young players more opportunities to play. Um... He says if Kang and Lee, uh, Lee Kang in had been a key league player at the age of 18, he would not have had the opportunity to play. Um, because obviously he had to seek opportunities elsewhere as the Korean uh, divisions usually have an under 22 teams where they, they kind of play season pros or they get foreign players from abroad. Um, so I think young players are not getting that massive opportunity to go and perform in the domestic league. And I think that's kind of hampering the league as a whole, and I think that's what he's trying to aim at. 
So the KFA have officially announced that the FA Cup winners, point Steelers, will qualify for the Asian Champions League group stage for the 2024-25 season. Um, the third place team, the Key League One, will compete in the Asian Champions League playoffs. So Pong Steel striker may be on his way out. His contract, um, so Zeka is a uh, Pong Steel striker. Uh, he has a 1.6 million release clause, and Junebrook Hyundai Motors have agreed terms with the player. Um, Junebrook are looking to negotiate the fee lower, while Pong wants the clause to be triggered if they want to lose their star striker. Um, a Serbian football pundit couldn't remember Hwang Inbom's name and said Kim Jong-un instead. Who Kim Jong-un is the North Korean dictator, which this video has now becoming a hot topic in Serbia. as a funny video, but I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's incredibly racist, and people like this need to be punished accordingly, and uh, racism has no place in football whatsoever. Uh, Judge United goalkeeper Yu Young Soo, who's recovering from a car accident last year, which left him paralysed from the waist down after he was struck by a drunk driver, has now officially announced his retirement. Uh, for the third time in a row, Ange Postacoglu has been named as the Barkers Premier Manager of the Month for October. The former Yokama uh, F. Marner's boss has now won a hat-trick of awards on his first season ever in the Premier League. Um, Jubilo Awata have sealed promotion back to the G-League 1 at the first time of asking following fellow J-League 2 side FC Machida Zelvia into the top flight of Japanese football. And uh, Kyogo Furuhashi made a milestone 100th appearance against Athletic Madrid last week where he has notched an impressive 62 goals and 12 assists. Celtic star Kyogo Furuhashi was taken off after a nasty head collision against Aberdeen defender Slobodan Rubezic. The Celtic forward received treatment on the pitch after the foul by the Montenegro international who only received a yellow card for his overly physical and aggressive challenge that knocked Kyogo out cold. Kyogo did get to his feet and leave the field on his own accord, but has since taken to social media recalling the incident. I don't know how long it took, but I don't remember anything about how my teammates worried about me afterwards or how I walked off the pitch by myself. When I was told at the hospital that everything was fine, I felt that gods of soccer were protecting me. I will continue to work hard towards the future without forgetting my gratitude. So Kyogo's now pulled out of the Japan squad after nasty head eh, knock after advice of medical staff as he will now rest up during the international break. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Chiku podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chiku YouTube channel and also the Football Tribute website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.